What the heck is up, everybody? We are back. Today is Wednesday, March 22nd, and today on the show, we have recurring guest. Yes, two-time guest, Reese Holleran. Welcome to the show. Happy to be here, Travi. Yeah, so Reese and I, uh, I actually just saw him this past weekend. For those of you that don't know, it was a big weekend for entertainment, for sports. We are in the thick of March Madness. But more than, any, more than anything, we're out ready to party for St. Patty's Day down in Des Moines. It was a jam-packed uh, time. That's all I got to say. Like The schedules were tight, and literally there was something to do every hour between, for me, Thursday night and Sunday morning. Yeah, it was a very eventful weekend, I would say. Um, plenty of uh, beers were drinking, and uh, it was a good time. Yeah, so I got a picture from this weekend, and you know how I do these little snippet things? I send these pictures over to my, uh, one of my, what do I call him, my memer, my editor. I don't know what you call it at this point, but he, yeah, Michael Jennison. He has already been sent a picture from us this weekend, and you got your little green hat, so you look like a leprechaun for St. Paddy's Day. Well, I picked a movie poster, and that's what's going to be the cover art for this, so. Very nice. I was wondering how you were doing those. Yeah, I, I have a guy. I know a guy who knows a guy that whole jizz. Anyways, March 22nd. Do you know what that means, Reese? Um, March Madness? That's a good second guess, but no. The main reason it's a big deal is Ted Lasso, Episode 2, Season 3, released. I am already obsessed and we're two episodes in. I was just watching it before this. I have not watched since the first season. You didn't even watch the second season? I haven't yet, no. You, you can watch them all over online. I know they have that Apple TV thing that holds all the shows, but you know that there's a way to find any show or any movie. Yeah, I might have to, I might have to watch it. It actually is probably my favorite show. It, it's not yet because it's only into season three, but... It will be. Like, I already know that. I was watching it right before that. Now I'm in, like, the best mood ever. Because it has a way of pulling you in and, like, you know, gripping with your heart a little bit. Because they're all such good people and good characters. And then they also have some of that star power. And it's talk. It's based around sports. So I think you'll like that a little bit. Yeah, it is very funny from what I remember. Yeah. No, it's pretty good. I'm excited. Did you watch it, like, the first year that it aired? Yeah, and then I just literally haven't watched it since. Yeah, that's been a while. But I know with like all the social networks and social platforms you can watch movies and TV shows on now, it's kind of hard to get into something when you can just binge something and the whole entire series all at once. So, But I actually, call me crazy, I kind of miss the ways of uh, waiting till next Wednesday. Episode three, you know, it keeps me on my toes in commercial breaks, you know, call me old fashioned Reese, but sometimes those were beneficial and I like them. Yeah, I haven't done that since Walking Dead, I don't think. The early seasons of Walking Dead. Yeah, I wish, you know what show I wish I was into when it first came out? What? Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad, yeah. Yeah. I got to be that. 
Yeah, dude. That is uh, my favorite show right now. I know I said Ted Lasso, but I don't think I can say it because at this point in time, there's hardly three seasons of Ted Lasso. Those so. are like completely different shows. So. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm, I'm a very diverse guy, I'd like to say. Wouldn't you say that about me? A, a very diverse guy. Yeah, diverse in culture. TV shows, you know, I get a little Breaking Bad action, you know, moving some cocaine or moving some meth, and then you go over to the heartthrobs of soccer, you know, over in AFC Richmond, maybe. Yeah. All right. Anyways, that's uh, that's what just happened today. But St. Paddy's Day, we'll move back to that. The bar crawl. Well, you have any thoughts on the bar crawl, Reese? Um, I'm not sure if we actually participated or not, besides the one bar we were in. I'm not sure if the others were included or not, but I had a great time. Yeah, it was good. So for those of you that don't know, the bar crawl, you basically paid like a fee to get this thing, like this necklace lanyard thing around you, and you could get some shots. And I didn't buy it either, but you don't have to, you, you don't like, you're not rejected from the bar if you don't have this necklace either. It just gives you some, you know, positives and some, discounts on drinks basically i don't know, really know how to word it it's really cool but like the idea was having it be a pub crawl but it's still you know even if you didn't buy the ticket up front you still could go in and have fun and uh hang out with other people that do have the tickets so that was kind of nice yeah but it was fun because uh on friday I actually worked and then we, you know, I joined you guys and that was, that was super exciting because that was a lot of people I hadn't seen in person in such a long time. And then later on, you know, we, we just hit up a couple places, go back to Tal's and I don't even know the number. I actually, I think I do know. I just don't want to say it on like this platform, how many beers I shotgunned with various people, but especially Jacob Kuhlmeyer. Because that was unhealthy. And I did a lot of unhealthy things this weekend, including a, a massive burger challenge. And I think the shotgunning was even more unhealthy than that whole food challenge thing I attempted. So oh, I don't know about that. I mean, I only had 15 minutes to eat that burger, though. There's only so much damage I could do yeah, just to give people... Yeah, it's not at all. Um, but I was able to... You know, it took me two hours, maybe only an hour and a half to do all the like shotgunning that I did. And I think that made more of a lasting effect on me than that burger did. I suppose. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, I guess that's the other thing I was, uh, I guess there's two, three things because you got to include March Madness that was in, uh, on that weekend as a as a lifelong texas longhorn fan i was able to see two massive wins and i was so enthusiastic after each of them i mean we'll talk more about texas later because we got a jam-packed schedule with a lot of march madness but that was probably in the top three i think that might be three in terms of how many like cool things that happened over the weekend i think two would have probably been the Emmenecker challenge that I did over at Jethro's Barbecue. The thing that I'll say, I don't want to talk about it too long because this is my second food challenge and my goal is to get over six and a half to beat Ben Size Loves Bet for the year. Um, I've done the Pluckers challenge and I've done this Jethro's challenge. So I need five more on the year. 
And I'm not going to hurt myself in the process of doing this. I, I have a soul, but I'm going to try my best. It's a goal. Anyways, that would probably be number two. I would say what I was saying was it was pretty good food-wise, but the brisket, all the brisket was, it had no spice. It had no sauce. It was literally just bland brisket. It was on there to add pounds, and it certainly did. That was like the hardest thing to eat out of all. But my favorite part of it was getting a cheese curd right at the beginning. I like devoured these two or three large cheese curds at the top of the bun. Anyways, number two is probably the Emmenecker challenge. And the number one, can you take a guess, Reese? Uh, probably seeing me. Yeah, yeah. And I was going to say you and Jacob's dance moves out there. You guys, I did not expect or I don't remember you guys being that enthusiastic on the dance floor. And as a certain, um, how do I word this? As not an expert, but as a connoisseur of dance moves, myself was extremely happy to see that because that was, that was fucking so cool. That was so good to see. And I don't know if I've seen that side of you and especially Jacob. Jacob, if you guys don't know him, just imagine the humpback of Notre Dame a little bit and uh, just a lot more muscle. Like that guy don't dance, but he proved that he can over the weekend. Yeah, he was definitely showing off a little bit up there. Yeah, dude. I have it on record from multiple women that they were just absolutely fascinated with that guy. They actually kept on coming to me all night saying, hey, uh, who's your friend? Is he single? Straight up, not even lying. Yeah, he barely made it out of there with all of them swarming him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was like a magnet over there, dude. It's insane. Yeah. Anyways, that's probably my top three. But overall, it was super cool. Des Moines was uh, a heck of an experience. I was, uh, It was just so much going on and a cool atmosphere. And March Madness hadn't been there in, if ever, I don't know. But so a lot of people were able to make it. Anyways, moving on. March Madness. Reese, I'm going to let you do a little bit of talking. Um, we've had a lot that has happened in the last couple days. The last week, so last Thursday it officially started up. Technically a, a few days prior if you include the first four games. But let's start from the scratch. Uh, who, who surprised you, Reese? Do we start with the obvious one? Are you talking – actually, I think there's two of them that are – are you talking Princeton or FDU? FDU. Ah, yeah. Round one, I'm talking FDU, but then Princeton. Yeah, definitely. FDU, I've heard some stuff about them throughout the year. You know how I do the people's top ten? Yeah. Well – they they actually have been pretty good against the spread throughout the year. Not good enough to make the people's top 10, but good enough for me to remember them because otherwise, how would you remember Farley Dickinson? I mean, yeah. I don't think I've ever heard of them before. But I did notice them pop up when I look at my metrics and I do the people's top 10. So they, I don't know, Purdue, I never bought into them this year. I really did. Their guards, I don't think, were ever good enough to probably take them as far as they wanted to go. But, I mean, it's 
hard with Edie. It's hard to run through a big like that, I feel like. Run your whole offense through him, you know? Yeah, they had good shooters around him, but like outside of being a shooter, they really weren't playmakers, you know? Yeah, and then just real young, real young guards. Always bet on veteran guards in the tournament. Oh, yeah. And you know who has veteran guards right now? Who's that? Texas Longhorns, baby. They got veteran everybody except for one freshman that starts. But I love Dylan. I love Dylan for being a freshman. He'll probably leave us in like a year or two to go to Kentucky or Duke. But I'm going to enjoy him for hopefully another year. Anyways, let's go back. Big Ten, disaster. Fucking dumpster fire, not good. Every single year we're like, oh, all these Big Ten teams should make it, and every single year they disappoint. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, I kind of expected it this year more so than the last few, but still just less than impressive. Now, the one team that made it, is probably the team that nobody thought would make it or would probably lose the first round. Michigan State was always a competitive team, but they're never a team that you look at and say, yeah, they should be favored against uh, this top 25 opponent. Like, they're going to be close matchups, but you don't expect them to win, and they're the only Big Ten team that made it. Yeah. I don't think anybody's seen that coming. But I guess Tom Izzo probably did. Tom Izzo is pretty good because he always brings a bunch of very mid-teams, if that's the right word for it. He, and he brings them to, like, the Sweet 16. He usually doesn't make it to the Final Four unless it's a pretty, you know, talented team. But he brings a lot of teams that really are supposed to underachieve because – you, you see this common thread of, oh, Michigan State will be on a down year, and they make the Sweet 16, much less the tournament. People underestimate, you got to be pretty good to even make the tournament. It's especially when two teams from a very mid-major school, you know, you got one team that makes it because they only have three losses on the year. You got one team that beat them in the championship of that tournament, and all of a sudden, you know, you got UNI and Wichita State taking up two of the 68 spots. You know, it's not the easiest to always make the tournament. I mean, as long as you do decent in a, a Power 5 conference, you have a good shot, but there wasn't a whole lot of Pac-12 teams in here. Yeah. So just because you're in a Power 5 doesn't automatically, and you have a decent season, doesn't mean you're going to make it. So, What do you think about Fairleigh uh, Dickinson's coach leaving to Iona? Already? Yeah, because Patino is going to St. John's. Yep, I was going to bring that up a little bit later. But yeah. Let's talk about it. So I like that guy. I think, he's, I think he's great. He's actually very entertaining. I think it's going to be – I think that's, a, that's definitely an upgrade from FDU. Oh. I don't know much about Iona. I was always surprised why Rick Pitino went there. But and I know that – Before that, though, and we haven't heard of Fairleigh Dickinson, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think it has a little bit to do with conferences. To be honest, I can't think of what either um, no, school is in for conferences. Small, but... When I saw the picture of their, what was it, their media relations person being a junior in college at that school, that's when I knew, 
yeah, this is, this is a small school. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, dude. I, uh, I bet, you know, on a bad year for FDU, Wartburg and Luther could be competing with those guys. I mean, okay, we can put up numbies someday. So a little IAC love. It'd be interesting to see what they look like <laughs> outside of that, those two games. Yeah. Uh, one thing we can't forget, they didn't make it that far, but Furman. Furman beat Virginia. And I think Virginia has solidified themselves as never good enough to beat a team in the first round. <laughs> I think there was a decent amount of people on Furman, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Where did you hear this? On Twitter and like other friends and people that I've talked to about it. I think a lot of people like Furman just because the way they run and gun and Virginia was so slow. Mm -hmm. It's like one of those things if they got hot, you know, they're going to they yeah. had a good chance to be in Virginia. But All matchup based. People like, like, like Virginia. Yeah, and Virginia seems to have the same team every single year. Yeah, and they're getting boring yeah they're definitely always on tv because they're never on a bad, it's never a bad team but it's never a team that you want to go in and watch you know prime time you probably rather turn on ucla arizona you know um maybe even a k-state 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 no nope. number five number five in the people's top ten no I just don't like the matchup, really. Really against, uh, who was it? Michigan State. <laughs> you, so Michigan State's a favorite in that game. And we're going to get yeah. to more of that in a little bit. But I don't get that at all. I do not get that one bit. I don't either, but I don't like that. I might be like one of the few people in the country who doesn't like that little guard from Kansas State. But I do not like him. Mm -hmm. Why? Loud? Yeah, whatever his name is. No, no, know. no. Is it because he's loud or something? Yes, 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 because he's loud. Yeah, that makes sense. It, it can make you make you a little unlikable if you talk a little too much, but which is yeah. kind of why people go off on Draymond Green. But I don't know. So it's entertainment if it's if you're not hearing it all the time, like you're in the same conference and whatnot. I like I that uh, Walker kid from Michigan State a lot, though. There go. Yeah, I remember the first time I watched Michigan State this year, and then I kind of stopped watching them because they're not the most exciting team. But I watched them play in that battleship early on the tournament. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was against Gonzaga, and I bet on Michigan State, and they lost, but they covered. So it was like somehow they were eight point underdogs versus Gonzaga. And I'm looking at these guys almost win. I can't remember if it went to overtime, but it was to the last shot. And immediately I was like impressed, not only because I won the bet, but mostly because they're, they were pretty big dogs in that. And they got a lot of bark to them, man. So they're scary, but they're going to get blown away by a more powerful Kansas state team. And I could actually see that game being a blowout. If I'm being honest. Really? Yes, I can see it being a blowout. I think it could be double digits. I do like that uh, that guy's story from K State. Uh, Keontae 
Dante yeah. Johnson. Yeah. Dante Johnson. That was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's a dope name. Yeah. I wish my name was a little bit more uh, spicy. You know? Travis is just kind of bland. I want to add some fucking hot sauce to the burrito, you know? Keontae was born different. Like, his mom made a statement the day he was born. Anyways, go on. Well, you see what happened? You see his story? Or no, no. No, what's up? He played at Florida like like two years ago, I think, and he collapsed on the court and got carried off on a stretcher. Oh, shit. And apparently I saw that he could have been, he could have gotten given like a $5 million settlement from the NCAA for like what happened to him on the court. But then he wanted to play basketball still, so the, and that's why he's at K-State now. Oh, shit. That's awesome. Well, he like, didn't take the money and he's like playing basketball and getting NIL money and stuff for it. Yeah. Jesus. If I'm being completely honest, I uh, I didn't follow a lot of basketball because I was so – this whole podcast was uh, supposed to be for college football. And then, you know, I, I moved on and football kept going. And, like, literally the championship game was about a month ago. Like, the NFL championship Super Bowl was a month ago, and that gave me just a couple weeks of conference tournaments to like get my ducks in a row and but you miss out on all those really cool stories like that so I'm I'm definitely playing catch up there's a lot I don't know I do look at a lot of the metrics and the numbers and I'm not just it's not like I'm totally lost and blind with it but at the same time I'll be completely honest and say football's been on my brain for like eight months (laughs) like it's a season man yeah yeah Anyways, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. We'll, we'll move on. So let's just talk about the Des Moines games, and then we'll move on to the upcoming games, of course. So Des Moines hosted a bunch of different games, and let me pull up my brackets. I made it to all of them but the first session. Des Moines hosted three sessions. The first one was Thursday at around like noon to maybe 4. And that included the big Kansas game against, well, not big, but Kansas versus Howard. Uh, Looks like the other one I missed was Arkansas, Illinois. And then I ended up going to the Texas Colgate one, which was the second game. Or no, wait, that was the first one. And then the second game was actually really good. And it had people's top 10 implications. So I was even more excited about that. It was Texas A&M, which was, I believe, the, the eight or the nine. Um, ranking at the time and they lost to Penn State Texas kicked the shit out of Colgate not only did they kick the shit out of them and win and move on to the round of 32 but they covered the spread so that was very good and that's something Texas has not done a great job of this year Texas awesome program I think that they've been overhyped a little bit this year where their metrics are skewed a little bit so they're spread and they're covered how do I word it the the attack of the spread they haven't been as good in that regard compared to other teams. All right. So that was the first day of Des Moines. Did any of that shock you? I think Penn state shocked a couple people, but yeah, Penn state was kind of crazy, but they, I don't know. They look decent all year, but probably not that decent. They're just a weird team. They did not match up well at all against Texas, but they played 
everybody they play this year, like, tough. They, they kind of have another aspect of kind of maybe what Michigan State's grit and grind motto yeah, is. But like athletic and, and then they I that one, uh, To be honest, I wouldn't even say athletic, perhaps, but they play like a small ball where they can shoot a shit ton of threes, and they live and die by it. They were trying so hard to get hot, and they had a couple runs that were scary as a Texas Longhorn lifelong fan. But we were able to persevere and win the game, and might I also add, not cover the spread. So uh, I was a little disappointed in my team because I lost money because I didn't feel safe betting the over in that game. I know Penn State's you know, history with the under this year. They did make some marks, by the way. They almost made it before the end of the year, but I decided that there were some other more worthy candidates, and the people also decided, might I add. But I did not feel safe betting the over, and when you go to a game, you should have a certain level of respect not to bet the under. I, I just I think that is something that needs to be said. So what am I going to do? Am I going to bet for Penn State spread? I was in no man's land for that game, so of course I'm going to lose a bet. I'm going to lose a bet back in the boys, though, and I stay proud when I say that. So, anyways, the biggest game that probably happened in Des Moines, obviously, we got Arkansas versus Kansas. What do you think? That was a great game. Two good teams. I didn't care for the outcome because I had Kansas in a lot of different ways. So... Including my bracket, so. Listen, at this point, I think Musselman owns a spot in the Sweet 16. Yeah, I would agree. He's a good coach. I, I don't know. He always has athletic, athletic team, and they're fun to watch. Do you think that Musselman should look to go somewhere else? Do you think he, he's tapped out Arkansas, or do you think that they're going to be growing? I think he should stay there and keep trying to grow Arkansas, honestly. I feel like that's a good spot Good spot yeah. to be. It is, and they're good, and I don't know. So one of the things I listened to about the whole Ed Cooley leaving Providence, which was big news, he went to Georgetown. Another Big East school. And I, uh, I overheard somebody talking about how they think that he's done about everything he can for a Providence team. Like, there's not great uh, – it's not a lucrative spot to get the big recruits. And he's still continuing to win, uh, compete at the top of the Big East, and make small runs in the tournament. Like, nobody wanted to face Providence. And I think they might have been in uh, one of the harder areas of the bracket – I mean, I think – who was it? Did they play Kentucky second round? Was that what's up? Um, or was it first round? That would have been – Oh, they played them the first round, and then they would have had to play Kansas State second round. And I thought they were going to be playing Marquette here. Marquette was probably the hottest team going into the tournament. Michigan State maybe was just a bad matchup with them, but that – I didn't think – I thought Marquette was a lock to get to the Final Four, if I'm being honest. That was a revenge game. Was it really? Did they play earlier in the year? No, that Hauser kid from Michigan State, him and his oh. brother played at Marquette, remember? Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. 
Shout out D-Wade. I know. Shout out, baby. Anyways, I was I really thought that Marquette was probably going to make it. Nobody was hotter than them with maybe the uh, exception of Duke. They've also been really yeah, solid so far this dead. year. I thought they were dead early on. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they, they made a run for it. And, man, I was just really shocked that they lost that game. Anyways, we'll, we'll move on a little bit because I wanted to talk about one more thing before we start looking ahead too much further. Um, Texas. Can we just have a big discussion? Texas and uh, their season. It's been insane because Chris Beard, it starts out with all these distractions off the floor. And Chris Beard is taken away from the team indefinitely. He finally got fired. Official interim head coach turns into a gig for the whole entire year. Rodney Terry, former uh, UTEP coach. You know, he's never been in the big leagues like this before. I believe I heard the metric is that he's up to 21-7 and on the year. That's his official record. And he still hasn't been offered a job. That's uh, pretty solid, but I want to give both of his guards credit for that, and Allen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, he's, he was given a really good situation with a lot of yeah. new players, a lot of transfers in, and so much maturity on that team. Hell of a team. He, he had it handed to him on a silver platter, kind of what, well, kind of like what people were saying with Lafleur when he joined the Packers. They, they didn't buy into him coaching like well because he was on such a good team, and that's probably what they're saying about Rodney Terry. But at this point, he was able to withhold all the distractions, get them moving at the right time, win a Big 12 uh, tournament championship, and now they're in the Sweet 16. And nobody can prepare to be a head coach middle of the season. Like he had to, they kept probably the same offensive flows and all that, like playmaking. And he already understood what the team was like, but he has a different role. That's hard. Yeah, he's definitely, I think, in a, He's definitely earned himself a ton of money this year already. Yeah. Now here's the next question. Just because I talked to people down in Austin a little bit ago about what are they waiting for with Rodney Terry? Like, mm-hmm. why haven't they already hired him? They're having a hell of a season. They actually slowly kind of decline towards the end of the regular season, which is why their rise at the and you know the, the tournament for the Big 12 was very interesting. But is it his job? Uh, I, th- I don't know if he wins. <laughs> it's hard to – where else would you look? Unless I don't know. It's hard because you, you can't really talk to other people because then if he finds out, it's like, ah, oh, they don't really want me here. Mm-hmm. Now, in my mind, why hasn't Texas already offered him a job? And I already know the reason. Why is that? You know, do you know how bad? Oh, one sec, Bert. Um, do you know how bad they want Kelvin Sampson right now? Uh, they want Houston's head coach. He's not going to leave. So Houston. fucking bad. He won't leave. Yeah, he won't. And the only reason that I know that he won't now is because he's getting out of the athletic conference. If he was staying in the athletic conference, I'd probably say. Why not go somewhere else? Like, doesn't he want to play the big boys consistently? That's definitely a step up. But now that they're moving to the Big 12, 
I mean, it's, it's debatable whether it's an improvement or not. I, I do think Texas uh, in Austin has a little bit of a better appeal for recruiting than down in Houston, but that's bound to change. I mean, think about TCU right when they joined the Big 12 versus now. They're actually pretty appealing team to join. All it took was going to a different conference. So I'd like Rodney Terry to keep the job. But I understand that when it comes to Texas, they always want the best thing available. Like, that's just what they are. They expect it, too, which sounds a little snobby. But they want Kelvin Sampson. And, in fact, I think they wanted Rick Pitino. That was talks. Yeah, they did. And now he's gone. I actually don't think Rick Pitino had any interest in Texas. I think he likes the East Coast. I think if he wins one more game, it's pretty hard to not give him the job next, at least next year. I think it's hard. I think he's already earned it. I have no idea why they haven't put it in the, a contract yet, but I think that there's no way that they don't give him, you know, a, a small contract. You know, kind of like after two years, you, you can get thrown out the gutter. You, you know we might part ways. One of those kind of contracts, but there's no way he's not coaching Texas next year unless he tries to go somewhere else, which I don't think he could get a better job than Texas right now. Yeah, uh, he could get a, He could get another job, but I think he loves Texas. He, he used to coach a different Texas school, um, El Paso. So he's he knows Texas. I think he likes it there. And he's got probably, arguably, the, the best basketball gig in Texas. Oh, Houston. Houston's still in a small conference. I'd still probably say as of right now, yes, he's, he does. Yeah, it's pretty hard to argue, I think. Buzz Williams is still the best coach in Texas. <laughs> he is. I really like Buzz Williams. Uh, I have a buddy... I have a buddy who used to train, like he recently just stopped training, I guess. He was actually down in Des Moines, and I was able to say hi to him for a little bit. But he's an Aggie. He was over, he's over in College Station, and now he's back in Chicago. But I asked him, I talked to him a couple times because he actually was a trainer for the basketball team. And I'm like, hey, what do you think about Buzz? Like, what's he like? And he, he said everybody loves him. Like, he is the greatest guy. So even when it's just another trainer and whatnot, like he just seems like a stand-up guy in general. Like, like he's got he's got fire in him, but he's a very nice guy. Off, you know, not during the game. So yeah, that's that's good to hear about him. You always figured he was like that, but he's actually lost a lot of weight over the years. Yeah, he looked. See that three piece he was wearing last. <laughs> Dude, he used to sweat through shirts by yeah. halftime. I don't know if it's. <laughs> I don't know if it's a Big East effect or something like that, but that man was dripping sweat by the end of the first half, and he had to probably change shirts a lot of times between games. But he's probably he looks like he's in such good shape now that that's probably not the case. So. I'm sweating so much during the games. Keeps him keeps him fresh. I know, dude. I it's a cheat code to get skinny. I mean, some people try very bad stuff to get skinny, and this man just says, mm -hmm. I'm gonna sweat 
like fucking crazy for an hour and a half to two hours and that's it. He doesn't even play basketball. He just fucking worries and just is, I don't know. I'm not going to go any further with that conversation, but I just think it's funny that he used to sweat like crazy and now he's a skinny motherfucker. So, all right, let's move forward. We got the Sweet 16 race and we're going to go down the list. Uh, first, we got to start with what's going on at hand for college basketball. And it all starts tomorrow in MSG, baby. No bigger sight than Madison Square Garden in New York City. And it looks like just about, oh, nope, there's a couple games not in New York tomorrow. It looks like they stay on the West Coast in Vegas. But MSG, that's the location of the first couple games. And at 5.30 Central Time tomorrow, we got Michigan State versus People's Top 10, Kansas State. Uh, Kansas State is currently one-and-a-half-point underdogs. Ridiculous. You already know my answer, Reese. Uh, do I know yours? Uh, I'm going with Tyson Walker and oh. Michigan State. Sorry. You love, you love losing money, don't you? Uh, yeah. I will bet on every one of these games. We got eight games within the next two days, and I will be throwing uh, medium to small wagers on all. Uh, whichever ones I feel most confident about, which just so you know, anybody in the people's top 10, I am going to be betting on because I go with the numbers because I'm a math guy, Reese. That's what I do. I, I run with the numbers and I roll with them. So I have Kansas State. I might even just do Moneyline because it's one and a half a silly number. <laughs> so um, I don't think there's a way they cover without winning. So why not win some more money? So I will be betting like 100%. I am absolutely so confident in this. And I actually did a, a little game theory in my head before this, and I have K-State in my final four now. Oof. Yeah. Ooh, you're reaching. We can go through that later, but that's how positive I am in them winning this game. All and right. I would be so surprised if their spread doesn't move to like minus two and a half by the time the game tips. Like, there's no reason they stay underdogs. No reason at all. Yeah, I, I am actually kind of surprised they are too, but I still like Michigan State regardless. Yeah, well, we'll agree to disagree on that. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> all right, so then at 6.15, it looks like, we got the Hogs versus uh, UConn, who is also in the people's top ten. I forget what number they are, but uh, wait, are they five and Kent? I'll look it up later. Regardless, I know they're in the people's top ten. UConn starts up as four-point favorites. Who do you got? Well, I'm going to go with Arkansas. Nope, not going with that. Absolutely <laughs> not. UConn, baby, those Huskies are rolling their way into the Elite Eight. Uh, I actually have them in my final four too. So <laughs> yeah, I do. I have them beating UCLA uh, in my revised game theory bracket. I have them beating UCLA in, uh, to get into the final four. And then in my head, who would they play? Uh, so they would be playing UCLA. Oh, then they would end up playing 
Alabama, I think. No, 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 never mind. They'd be playing Miami in my head. Because I do have Texas losing this next round. All right, one thing at a time. We'll talk about that later. I don't want to confuse people. I am on UConn, and they will win. I, I'm less confident in them covering four points, but let's roll with it. I, You know, let's go with the numbers today. Florida Atlantic versus Tennessee. Who do you got? Uh, volunteers are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and stay with them. I think FAU is due for a little flop here. So I hope you know that FAU was, in, a, in former polls, they were in the top ten. Does that change Ooh, your mind at all? Like They were actually top five in some of the older brackets. No offense to the people, but... <laughs> I gotta, I gotta ride with Tennessee here. I gotta ride with the balls. So I'm not gonna hate on Tennessee because I think they're a very good team, but I also do think that both teams are playing for second anyways. I think both teams will lose next round. However, well, that's because we gotta be on the wagon at Kansas State. I'm going to say I think Tennessee somehow wins but doesn't cover. So I'm probably going to go with Florida Atlantic losing by like a a last second shot or losing by just a little bit then fouling and it gets extended to like four points. But I think Florida Atlantic can at least cover five and a half. And you might call me crazy, but I also say that in Tennessee games – Points are so hard to come by. So why not say, well, I just think six points might be a little too much of a spread for a very low-scoring, high-defensive squad like the Volunteers. So I don't think that's a bad take. I don't think that's bad at all either. From what I watched out of Florida Atlantic the last couple games, they've looked pretty solid. I don't see why they can't hang around. They're good offensively too. So I would say that don't be surprised if they get if they beat Tennessee and get blown out by Kansas State. So Kansas State has a, a walk in the fucking park to the Final Four. Yeah, so, I, at this point, I don't see Kansas State not making the Final Four. Ah, somebody's riding the wagon now. Of course, you don't think they're going to win this game like against Michigan State, but you think that if they can get by Michigan State, they can make the Final Four. Yeah, I would, I would say that. If they can beat Michigan State, I think they can definitely beat Tennessee or okay. Florida Atlantic, for that matter. I can see that. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think they'll win, but uh, a man can dream, and why not just why not root for the underdogs? I mean, come on. Uh, one game that you should not root for the underdogs in is Gonzaga versus UCLA. At this point, UCLA is one-and-a-half-point favorites, and I have already told you ahead of time that I think UCLA – uh, to be honest, I had UCLA versus Arizona in my original bracket. I, I know it's crazy, two Pac-12 teams, and Arizona lost the first round. But, you know, I, I actually thought those were the right picks, and I think UCLA still could make the championship game. So, Yeah, UCLA has looked really good. They got good guards. Tiger Campbell's obviously a stud, and then they got that Hoskins, So, And also... Can we start to realize that Gonzaga is never going to, like, do something big again? They had that one season with, uh, who was it, Jalen Suggs, where they were, like, yeah. actual animals. They but got blown out by Baylor. 
Yeah, but, you know, at the same time, Baylor was well above everybody oh, else's skill level. Yeah, what I'm trying to say is Gonzaga is going to continue to beat up on teams all year in the Western Conference, and then they're never going to do anything because they can't win two or three big games in a row, so they're not going to make it past the Sweet 16. They just got to hope they're lucky enough to get seated so high that they're going to play garbage teams until they have, uh, until they finally face a two-seed like UCLA, which this game's not going to be close. Can I say no, that? No. Not close. They're going to blow the water off of Gonzaga because UCLA is one of the most skilled teams in the NCAA this year. So that's one thing I'm actually really confident in. Like that Florida Atlantic, I am not confident at all in. Uh, Connecticut, I'm even a little nervous about the four-point spread. But Kansas State and uh, UCLA, if I was to call it a lock, like those are the two games right now. And Miami, Florida to cover seven points as an underdog. Like those are four games I'm absolutely confident in. In that Our, side or? Oh, no, no, no. Just out of all the games. Out of all the games in the Sweet 16. Bama's a cakewalk. Uh, Bama is seven and a half point favorites, yeah, though. That's like, by 10. Mm, I guess that's the next game now. There's yeah. You know what? I'm going to do it. I bet against Bama so much, and I've lost so much money. I'm not going to bet with them. And I, I just need to keep the keep the train rolling because one of these times I'm going to be right. I'm so I'm alt line. No, dude. I am going to bet San Diego State spread at plus seven and a half. If they lose and Bama wins, good, good for Bama. But I don't think they'll cover the spread, and I'm going to continue to fade Alabama the rest of the year so I finally get some money back because it's like when you're – what? What happens when they win it all? Uh, what if they don't cover the spread in that game, though? I still win money, so – I actually think that Bama is a lot of people's favorites to win it now, though. So definitely mine. I don't know. I, there's something about them that I just I don't 100% believe in, though, because I look back at that Oklahoma game where I'm like, that team can't beat anybody. Like they can, they're a good team, but they can't. You can't just go into a game assuming that you're going to get their best foot forward. Yeah, you can assume that. With, like I feel like almost any game. I mean. Yeah, but I really think that about, you know, um, this Bama team. Every team left in the tournament, though. Yeah. There's no team that I think has a better shot than any other team. Like, I'm actually worried Houston's going to lose to Miami. No, they actually will. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. They're not going to just cover the spread. Miami, I guess the next game is Miami is current seven-point underdogs versus Houston. Uh, and I think that Miami, I wouldn't bet the money line, but I would 100% bet the spread. And I think they're going to win. They're actually for the money line. No, I'm, I'm just going to go spread and I'm going to throw a, a good portion of money on it. So I know that my money's safer because that's the equalizer at seven. I think Miami, Florida will outplay them. And I vividly remember you earlier on the last time you were on this podcast talking good about Miami, Florida. And ever since then, anytime they've done anything big, which has been a lot of times over the course of this season, I remember I'm like, shit, you heard it here first. Like we're <laughs> spitting some we're spitting shit before it even becomes. Like, we're prophecies over here. Plus, 
Houston was down like 10 to Auburn at half. Yeah, they're not that they're not as good as people think they are. But you know, that's why Sampson needs to go to Texas where he can be on a real Texas basketball team. You know what I'm saying? Agreed. Exactly. Like he needs to go to a real basketball school. They'll have him. <laughs> that's right. If they'll have. But uh, we're moving on. I, I would pick San Diego State as favorites as the underdog at seven and a half, and I would also one hundred percent pick Miami, Florida as seven and seven point underdogs currently. So Miami might not win, but that that game is going to be close, and I think they'll be winning most of the game if they somehow lose. Like Houston's not going to come out there and and get ahead by a lot. They're actually going to probably play pretty soft at the beginning. So also. Miami, Florida money line is probably a very lucrative pick for this game. I, you heard it here first. I really think that's what's going to happen. Uh, they could lose, but they will not start out slow. And Houston is just pin. They have not looked as good as people are thinking they are. So, all right, we have two more games in the Sweet Sixteen. We have Creighton as a ten-point favorites against Cinderella, Princeton. Now, I'm not going to ask you who's going to win, but uh, 10 points? Uh, it's tough. I think it's going to be right around it. It's going to come down to free throws or something silly at the end. I feel like if they're, they've been hanging around long enough, they're going to hang around in this game, I think. It's yeah. Just close. I th- I'll, say they, I'll say they cover. Princeton will cover. Oh. I was going to go with Creighton. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, pretty sure. You sure, Reese? You're giving some oh, people some bad picks. picks. <laughs> I'm riding with it. So, have we been against each other almost most of these games? Um, wow. What, what can we agree on? Because Miami I, spread. So, you picked, my, you picked Miami spread. We definitely did not pick Alabama together. We oh. UCLA, we were on the same page. Yep. And that's and that's about it. FAU, but yeah, that was that was it. So Miami and uh, UCLA. Okay, yeah. interesting. Maybe so maybe I should make a an official parlay for the ones we do agree on. So anybody anybody listening should take both of our bets because they'll end up even at least. Exactly. All right. So Creighton, I have them. You have Princeton at ten points. It might change. I still haven't put in my official bet, yeah. but just so you guys know, everything I say on this, I I really am gonna bet on myself. So I'm not just talking the talk. I did the same thing with bowl season. Um, Reese, I think you followed up and asked me a couple times when you know when we were seeing them live, and I I actually did do just about every single bet that we talked about in that. But bowl season was so long that I think there might have been a few differences. Like maybe I picked the under instead of the actual spread. But these Mm -hmm. ones, it's only eight games. I actually am going to throw my own money on this. Uh, All right. Anyways, last game, um, Xavier versus Texas. Texas is four-point favorites. I don't know. This one's hard. I like Xavier a lot from what I've seen, like, especially last week. On Sunday, I believe it was, they played. They looked so good. Mm-hmm. I literally almost put a future on them, just watching them Sunday. Yeah. But, actually, you know what? We're going to go against each other again. I'm taking Xavier. 
So um, I had Xavier winning in my bracket, and now that the days actually come, I don't, I, I can't say it. Um, I, I don't really know what to do here. I might bet the over. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm gonna lose money either way. Maybe I hedge my uh, my bracket bet by winning money and trying to cheer Texas minus four. I might just. Do I take the fuck it? Texas minus four. We're, we're, we're hedging this shit. I mean, I think that I might have just been drunk when I was doing my bracket because that's the stupidest shit I've ever heard in my life. The Longhorns are going to the Elite Eight, and they are also winning this game by probably 15 points. If people talk all this stuff about Xavier, but this is going to be a blowout, and I have just talked myself into this being a blowout because – it feels right. It does. Um, 149 points is probably actually going to go under because Xavier might only score 55 points in this game. They might. Uh, and Texas will most definitely score right around 70. So whatever the team total is for Texas, you should also parlay the uh, minus four with their team total because they are going to go lights out. While Xavier's Xavier, offense is so good, dude. No, stop it. They're not going to be good against this veteran, mature Texas team. Absolutely not. They can shoot, dude. Just wait. Oh, okay. This is – you know what? There's now um, four bets that I am officially extremely positive in. Kansas State plus one and a half. UCLA minus one and a half. Connecticut minus four and Texas minus four. Those are the biggest locks I have ever seen in my life. Wow, that's crazy because those were all mine too. <laughs> really, really. Even the yeah. K-State one, huh? <laughs> and the Arkansas one. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I I had to think about it because I every part of my body thinks that Xavier's going to win this game. But it won't happen. It, it won't. Will, I don't know. I think it'll be a good game, really. Texas is going to blow them. I, <laughs> I don't know why I hesitate because I know this in my heart. Texas didn't cover the spread last game, which means that they're due. They're not due. They're, they're absolutely due. They're lucky to be here. They're not due. Nope. I'm playing roulette out here. If it's not black one time, it's likely to be black the next time. In the short term. That's fair. All right. So we we have our bracket. We have our, what is it, our Elite Eight figured out. So we have a lot of differences in that. But all right. Let's say, let's, have, let's just go straight to the championship game because we're already at about 54 minutes. What, what do you think? Who's given the field now? Who's your favorite? Um... You already know I got Alabama winning it. Okay. Yep. Um. Give me Xavier. Ah, shut the fuck up. What? No way. Xavier? Yeah. Why not? 
Why though? Xavier, first of all, over Texas and then over either Miami, Florida or Houston. First of all, God. Okay. So I'm going to give my two favorites. My first one is Texas is going to win it all, but realistically they're going to lose to either Miami or Xavier. But they will win it all, so I, I don't know what to say here. I, I can give my realistic picks, or I can go with my heart. But I think that we're going to be seeing UCLA versus, I think, God, do I do it? Excellent. I'm going to do it, Reese. No, Kansas State. Oh, my. UCLA, Kansas State. And I am going to absolutely throw my 401k on the over that game i am i'm rooting for all of us as people and fans of college basketball for that to be the championship game no chance that would be the worst possible outcome no dude that is that is going to be what happens no not a chance alabama's already got it won if that doesn't happen, then Texas will win the national championship versus anybody in the field. So that that's my first option. But my official, my unofficial pick is UCLA versus Kansas. UCLA wins it all, and it's probably going to be right around like uh, seventy to sixty-five total points for one thirty-three. So they just go over because of a couple free throws. So that's my unofficial advice to you guys that are fans of you know but but first and foremost texas will win it all so go with your gut what do you think yeah so that uh that kind of covers what i had for the bracket uh, any other thoughts you have um not particularly no i think we covered everything yeah, it's just it's a fun time, it and the uh, sick display of basketball from the state of Iowa. I know, dude. It was uh, absolutely gross, but I will say one thing: Iowa State did everything they needed. Like they went above and beyond to make the oh, people's really? top ten at the end oh. of this year. They really did because they were only in the people's top ten because of the under. So they heard the they listened to the podcast. I know they're listening. And they said, what can we do to make history this year? In the inaugural People's Top Ten for College Basketball, they saw how much hype Kentucky got for being number one. So Iowa State was like, what can we do to be in the top five? And they're not a lock yet, but holy shit, did they make a statement with 41 points. Holy shit, dude. They love the under. That was impressive. And Iowa just lost. That stinks. Oh, well. Um, I honestly didn't think they'd even come close to winning that game. I don't think anybody was surprised with that. No. Auburn's actually really good. I thought they'd make it a little further, but... They were seeded, so... Yeah. But, hey, one more note, guys. There will be one more People's Top 10, uh, just like we did with football season, right when the conference championships came out. We stopped doing the people's top 10 and we waited until the end of the year to gather all the numbers. There's, for football's sake, you know, there wasn't that many games and not everybody played. But for basketball's sake, let's just let the whole postseason roll through because I don't think everybody's really getting their fair share of playing at this point in, um, in the season. So we're waiting until the end of the season to do it all. And it will be official. I will do some type of show in order to present them. 
and the people will reveal the top 10 of the college basketball season for 2020. Do we call it 2022 or 2023? 2023. I think you're right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's got to be 2023. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, hey, thanks for uh, tuning in today, guys. And uh, Reese, I appreciate you joining. Hey, anytime. It's always a pleasure, baby. We love to give the people the best picks in the business before the seat, you know, before the big show happens. Bowl season was last time. Now we got March Madness. We seem to have you on anytime big events are happening. Like Brewers Braves coming up this summer. Oh shit, that's right. Um, do you want to tell the people? Sounds like we're doing maybe a little uh, nine inning, nine hot dogs, nine beer challenge. That's right. So for anybody familiar with the nine by nine, it is a food challenge. It's not an official one from an actual restaurant. But uh, Reese came up with an idea to do a 9 by 9 for the Brewers Braves here in the middle of the summer. So beautiful weather at the time, favorite teams playing against each other, and it's nine hot dogs, nine beers, nine innings. We would do some type of video, to some type of time lapse so you guys can see what happens and see who can complete, who can't complete. But I'm kind of excited for it. I know a lot of people that have tried it, and I've seen videos of people that have done it or, you know, attempted to do it. It's tough. It's a lot harder than it looks. It's a lot of meat. It's a lot of bread. It's a lot of beer. And it's not a lot of time, especially with the new pitch clock. So we got to bring our A game, Reese. Yep. Three of our favorite things, though. Oh, yeah. I'm All right. No, me too, dude. That's going to be a ton of fun. And I'm even more excited for the Brewers to win that game. So, oh, a long time. <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a good week, and uh, I hope your favorite teams or whoever you're betting on wins.